Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Miss Dirt Joe's directly across from me. And opposed to anything you have to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, when it comes time, everybody Unless you out tell there, me it's Thursday, then I'll agree with you. Everybody out there, write this down. Our 800 line is busted. I broke it this morning. So um, Again? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We just can't trust you with equipment. But we have a landline that will work instead. It's 570-743-9565. You're used to the one 800 nine five nine five six five but uh, this one is five seven oh seven four three nine five six five but that is moot for the moment because we're glad to say we asked for and received another opportunity to talk to Leonard Steinhorn a professor uh, at American University and just doing a super job uh, commentating lately we hear you a lot on CBS uh, lately so we appreciate you uh, giving us this opportunity good morning sir good morning Leonard hey happy good morning happy to be here thanks I really do appreciate it well let's start out in the Middle East. President Biden is over there. Uh, What could possibly come out of this? It seems like almost some sort of a distraction or something, but uh, can we end up with Saudi Arabia as some sort of a future good neighbor? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. And first of all, look, it's always been said that when a president hits rough times at home, it's always good to go overseas and be the center of attention, uh, distracting from what's going on at home. But let's be clear, these are big issues overseas. Every president has to deal with the Middle East. Um, president Trump made it a priority and signed the Abraham Accords. Uh, president Biden is building on those accords. So that's one aspect of the Trump presidency that he's embraced. Um, and one of the things he's been wanting to do is to bring all of the countries that are on our side together more. So in Israel, he's looking to make sure that the Israelis are able to reach out to more countries in the Middle East to create more of an alliance or working together better to calm the tensions there. They all have a common enemy, and that is Iran. And I think that's a big deal. And I think when President Biden moves from Israel and goes to meet with the Saudis, they're going to talk a lot about Iran and the problems that Iran creates. So, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, as they say. And in that sense, Saudi Arabia is going to become a good friend because the Saudis have a real stake in making sure that Iran does not get a nuclear weapon, that they don't increase their power, that their ties with Russia, for example, don't increase, um, and President Biden is going to be dealing with that. So how do you make sure that Iran's ties with Russia don't increase? There's already reports that Iran is selling Russia drones and other military equipment. Um, How do you make sure that they don't increase? Well, you make sure that Saudi Arabia uh, uh, puts more pressure on the oil market uh, and starts pumping more oil. And I think that's one of the messages that Joe Biden is going to be meeting with the Saudis on, which is pump more oil. It'll help us out at home. 
it'll make sure that Iran and Russia don't gain as much power. Um, and, and that's sort of one of the things he's going to go to them with. Whether they agree with that, uh, that's, a, again, another question, because the Saudis do their own thing, and they themselves have been sort of cultivating relations with Russia as well. So it's a three-dimensional game of chess when you deal with foreign policy, and that's what the president is dealing with right now. But, Leonard, when, uh, when President um, uh, Trump was in office, the left just howled that he's always dealing with all these despots, these evil people, these terrible folks. And Joe Biden himself has said that the crown prince of Saudi Arabia was despicable in so many words. And yet here he is going over there to beg for energy when we have our own here at home. Do you think he's being taken seriously on the world stage? with all this? Well, what's that old phrase about a neoconservative, uh, that it was a liberal mugged by reality? Um, and I think the reality is that uh, there is a war going on, and that war is putting incredible pressure on oil prices. So regardless of whether we have a lot of energy at home, the price of oil is not determined by what we pump at home. The price of oil is determined by sort of international uh, prices, and the Saudis are big players on that because they pump a lot of that oil, and they're, you know, sort of, uh, you know, big players in the whole OPEC community. So I think, you know, you have to be able to deal with the international community. You know, if the President Biden was even thinking about, you know, making overtures to Venezuela because of that. So this is a case where even if we'd like to say, oh, energy, we can determine all of that at home, you can't because the oil prices are determined internationally on the international market. Um, but you're right, uh, you know, you have to sort of deal with the devil sometimes. And, you know, when, when the Saudis killed uh, the Washington Post journalist and Saudi dissident Jamal Khashoggi, um, you know, that was a real human rights crisis, that a country that we have supplied arms with, that we had befriended for years, that we had called an ally, that we even sort of gave a pass to uh, because of their, you know, all of their citizens involved in September 11th, um, when they actually go and kill a journalist and chop up his body, you know, that's bound to have anybody say, this is a problem. So how do you balance out our commitment as a country to human rights with the real world politics of needing oil and playing chess with the Russians and the Iranians? and trying to be able to build connections with the with the Israelis. So sometimes you just sort of have to sort of reconcile those different competing interests and be able to have these conversations because that's what the world often demands. So in this particular case, Joe Biden has been mugged by reality. And even if he doesn't want to shake hands with uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, he's going to have to deal with him because he's a big player in this world who, who has a big impact on not only our economy, but the global economy, who has a big impact on the Middle East, who, if he has more relations with Israel, can help solidify uh, relations with uh, our biggest ally in, in that region. Um, so there's a lot of factors involved in all of this. So yes, hold him up on this, put the pressure on the human rights issue. Um, but real politics, in, in this case, gets in the way. I think the other phrase your young people in class use is reality bites. <laughs> and that's you have to kind of go back on what you might have said earlier. Earlier this week, we talked to Jeff McCausland, your good peer in the CBS analyst realm. And he said that, unfortunately, if the president's overseas, he's missing the ceremony of the uh, groundbreaking for the Gulf War Memorial. He also said Saudis aren't contributing to this. Uh, uh, 
uh, are these other uh, real factors, or are most people not going to care about that kind of thing? I mean, the president's popularity, and we can assume almost at this point, couldn't go lower. So is anybody going to be paying attention to that other than analysts from CBS News and me? Well, I think, for example, veterans will pay attention to this. Um, I have a former student uh, who does advance work for politicians, and she said that if you put the flag in the wrong place behind a politician's back or hang it the wrong way, most people won't notice, but veterans bite. So there may be veterans who might notice that and veterans who might be upset about that. Um, But in the long run, uh, you've got to be able to deal with the sort of economic situation at home. Veterans and everybody else are concerned about inflation. And if making deals with the Saudis right now or urging them to pump more oil, whether it's whatever motive it may be to weaken Iran, okay, that's fine pump more oil but if it's to be able to lower the price of oil so that inflation you know he helps to tame inflation here at home that's got to be the president's priority right now i mean that's issue number one two and three among so many americans um and so yeah it's you know it's unfortunate that the president couldn't be there for something like that um i don't think lots of people will pay attention to it it may gain a few seconds in the news cycle Veterans may pay attention to that, and that may sort of uh, get in their heads. But in the long run, everybody wants, you know, a lower price for gas and reduced inflation. And if this can accomplish that, if this can create more security in the Middle East, if this can put more pressure on Iran, um, if this can help to avoid uh, Iran building a nuclear weapon because it does put more pressure on them, if it has an impact on Russia, um, then those are other effects and impacts um, that are really important out of this trip, and I think will gain a lot more news visibility um, than him not being able to go to that ceremony. So, yeah, it's a problem with some people, but in the longer term, in the larger sense, um, he's got to address some of these issues worldwide. Well, in addition to history, Professor, you are also a communications expert, so let me ask you the second part of my question again. Joe Biden and his wife now have become moving gaffe machines. It's hard to stop them. Yesterday, President Biden referred to the honor of the Holocaust. Obviously, he meant horror. And I asked you earlier uh, if you think he's being taken seriously on the world stage. I don't think he exudes strength. Uh, Where do you come down on that? Well, the Israelis have certainly embraced him. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, they, they look... He's the president of the United States. Every country wants to be able to have influence with the president of the United States. Whether he's weak at home or not, um, they realize that the president of the United States carries a lot of weight. I mean, Donald Trump uh, was not always the most popular president and had low uh, you know, favorability and approval ratings, yet he was able to go and get those Abraham Accords done. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're president of the United States, regardless of what many Americans might feel, whether you're Republican or Democrat or which president it happens to be, um, you do carry a huge impact. Now, granted, um, you, you know, we're at a bit of a weakened state right now because when the president does have to go and sort of reverse himself on the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and his, you know, talk about Saudi Arabia being a pariah, 
after the Khashoggi murder. Um, and when you do have to re- reverse yourself, and you do it because you need something from other people, uh, you know, yes, that indicates that you know you're not going over there with as strong a hand as you may wish, and others may uh, they're obviously paying attention to this and may capitalize on that. Um, but if this were any other president, Republican or Democrat, if we were facing high inflation and high gas prices, it would be the exact same thing. So they would always sort of respect and honor anybody who's going to be president of the United States because we are the most powerful and the wealthiest and most influential nation on this planet. Um, but he does have a weakened hand, and I think that does somewhat get reflected in how he'll be dealing with some of these people behind closed doors. Uh, what do you think voters are most closely paying attention to? You know, we used to say it's the economy, stupid, but uh, I'll tell you what, guns and abortion uh, with the mass shootings around the U.S., is inflation going to take a back seat in the fall or in two years if things continue? Well, look, well, just uh, this week uh, we had those huge inflation numbers come out. Um, you know, the the highest inflation, I think, since the early 1980s. So that's on people's minds when you go to the grocery store or the gas station. But also gas prices have been declining a little bit, you know, by about 30 cents so far. So it's interesting to see that how little news that gets compared to when gas prices spike. And the question is whether that becomes sort of a leading indicator that begins to soften inflation. So I'm keeping an eye on some of those numbers as they move towards September, if that sort of really high spike in inflation begins to soften, if those pump prices begin to go down even more. I mean, I just filled up my tank last night, and it was about 20 cents less than what I had paid uh, you know, uh, the previous time. Um, so if that begins to happen, what the president will be able to say is, we are making proce- uh, progress. We have been through this terrible, terrible two years of pandemic, supply chain problems, uh, creating all sorts of economic reverberations. You know, we are making progress. Now, that may not be enough to calm people down when they see the high prices of, you know, meat and potatoes in the grocery store and uh, gas prices still high. And that's an everyday concern for people. But People also, as you say, have these other issues. And when we have more mass shootings than we have days in a year, and when they continue to hit us, you know, like you know, being a, a, a drunk boxer getting hit in the head, it begins to have an impact on how you see the world and the anxiety you have. So yes, guns, gun violence, that's going to be an issue for a slice of people, a large slice of people, as is abortion and the Supreme Court. And there is some evidence Um, that the Supreme Court's ruling on abortion and the uh, likelihood that even more states will ban abortion outright. Some states not even making exceptions for rape or incest. Uh, Some states basically banning abortion at the moment uh, that a zygote uh, and an embryo is created. Um, That may have an impact on a lot of people and may motivate some people to vote who may have checked out already I'm speaking particularly of younger people who may feel more motivated and, in fact, want Joe Biden to say more about this, want Joe Biden to show more indignation and outrage. Um, So I think you've got a lot of things being thrown into this sort of uh, hopper right now, and inflation is going to be one of them, but it may should be mitigated in terms of its impact by all of these other issues that we're facing. The question then is, 
how do those other issues play out? We pretty much know how abortion might play out because each side is going to stand by its uh, views on that. When will it motivate more people to vote on both sides? It's, the indications are yes, it may motivate more young people. We don't know how the gun violence will play out and who will pay a price on that. Um, uh, so uh, these other issues will begin to clarify uh, as late summer comes along and the fall campaign kicks in, and we'll be able to see how each of these campaigns is messaging and what each of these candidates is doing to point the finger at the other side and say you're responsible for it. Last question. President Biden, or President uh, uh, Truman famously said, the buck stops here. But with Joe Biden and inflation, uh, the buck stops anywhere but here. He's blamed practically everybody. He's blamed Putin. He's blamed the meat industry. He's blamed gouging gas stations. I mean, doesn't he weaken himself by failing to take any responsibility for what's happened? Well, look, this is a sort of long presidential tradition when bad news comes uh, that you don't have much control over. You try and find other people to pin the responsibility on so it doesn't seem like it's your own failed policies. And again, there's only so much any president could do right now to be able to uh, tame inflation. There will be Republicans who will argue that the big sort of COVID uh, pandemic stimulus plan early in the Biden administration uh, has really helped to fuel inflation, and they're going to go after him on that. But there are plenty of other people who do say, hey, it is the war in Ukraine. Hey, it is the supply chain problems we've had in the pandemic. And any of these are larger than any president has the ability to control. Um, but I think you raise a larger point, uh, and I'm going to connect it with your point about communications. If you're all over the place on your messaging, people just tune it out. They don't hear it. So I think that by actually trying to, whether he's blaming or sort of trying to guide us that these are the reasons why we're in this situation, um, uh, if you don't have a clear, coherent message and don't reinforce it all the time, and also don't show people what you are doing to be able to address Americans' concerns on a daily basis, um, you've got a messaging problem, uh, regardless of whether uh, you know, you're right about blaming or pointing the finger or sort of helping us understand why inflation is happening. So I think part of it is that the, the White House and the President has not been a good messenger for himself. He, you know, he does not have that sense of moral indignation when things come up that uh, impact the American people. We saw it a little bit um, uh, uh, after some of the gun violence, and I think it was that moral indignation which helped propel this bipartisan agreement we uh, and the bill and the legislation we got out of Congress um, on gun issues and, and gun violence. Um, but, you know, he didn't show much of it after the Supreme Court Dobbs decision, which is why young people and other people were saying, please, Joe Biden, make us feel like you're as angry as we are about this. So I think he really has to get his messaging shop in order. Um, interesting sort of inside Washington note, his communications director uh, is uh, slated to leave fairly soon. So we'll see if that has an impact. Uh, uh, the new person in the White House is a communications guru, and she may help him hone his message and communicate those things. Um, but, yeah, look, um, 
every president is going to point the finger at something else when there are issues like inflation that they don't have a whole lot of control over because they don't want to be seen as the one responsible for something bad like that happening. Well, we're late for our first set of commercials. I blame Leonard Steinhorn and American University. So, <laughs> see, everybody's doing it. No, I don't blame him. <laughs> we ask him I, I questions. I shoulder all the responsibility. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Professor, thank you so much for the insights. We just have a blast talking to you and with these insights. And thank you so much for always carving out time when yeah, we, we really uh, appreciate it. We sign up for these. My pleasure. You guys are great. I appreciate it. All right, thank Thanks you so lot. much. Professor Leonard Steinhorn, um, CBS News political analyst, professor of communication and affiliate professor of history at American University, teaches, writes, lectures, and stands up for baby boomers. He calls them the greater generation. I know. I read that. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I got about halfway through it. I, I never went back and picked it back up. But I will say one thing about it. You know, a lot of baby boomers are doing just a super, super job. There's no argument there. But I think he kind of, it's inflated. <laughs> okay. Like the whole generation. But anyway, all right. Well, to be continued, uh, we're going to open up the phones. Please memorize a brand new number. It's not a toll-free number. It's 570-743-9565. That's our, uh, well, it probably is a toll line if, if you still have a toll phone somewhere. 570 Five is our telephone number. You can use our old standby email. We've been using this for the better part of a century. On the mark at WKOK.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones. Look, I got my feet up on vacation. Everybody else takes 20. I might as well take one. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Not working today, but uh, you can call 570-743-9565 during the 9 a.m. hour. we got two calls lined up. We probably won't get to the second one prior to the CBS News break, at which time what we'll do is we'll get to the, the next caller at 9.06 as soon as CBS is finished. Eric, somehow you uh, strangely dialed before Stan. Not sure how that happened, but uh, you are on the mark. Good. I'll give Stan some things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, you guys brought up the uh, the ludicrousness, I guess, of the lady in Texas who claims that she was pregnant and then uh, was uh, able to drive in the HOV lane. And I think that, that, that brings up an important topic to the point of you brought up because it's ridiculous, because obviously the intent of that law was to create more carpool folks, 
lessen the amount of traffic and so forth. And by no way, by having a, a in utero child not occupying any seat in that vehicle has any way, um, you know, been part of the intent of that law. Can we agree with that? I don't, I'm not I familiar don't with the law at all. <laughs> it may I suggested it might be a traffic law. If that had happened in Pennsylvania, it would be a traffic law and would probably say, yeah, you have to be a seatbelt occupant person a in the vehicle. It was a tongue-in-cheek discussion. It, was it a wasn't kicker. serious. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was ludicrous, right? So, so not ludicrous. It was just humorous. Um, Stan, Stan will bring up the uh, Second <laughs> Amendment. I'm going to read that. A well-regulated militia being necessary to security of a free state, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, that's the whole statement, not just the last part, which people like to quote. The right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. Talk to a well-regulated militia. Comma, okay, if you allow an 18-year-old to purchase a gun and go out and shoot it without kind of, any kind of training, how is that anyway well-regulated? <laughs> well, I well think if you read the law, it says that we're all members of the militia between the ages of 18 and 45. So the question becomes, well, by well-regulated, what they meant was of able to, uh, to provide the service. That's what they meant. They, right. didn't, so, they didn't mean uh, that... 18-year-olds, uh, you consider that 18-year-olds who go out and buy a gun without training... Without a necessary, uh, they're part know, of the militia. Go out and shoot people like under, that's well regulated. Under United States law, they are part of the militia, and they are if they're well regulated, if they are able to provide the service a militia is required to provide. So now we're saying a part of the service provided is go out and shoot up schools. I'm just reading you the law, Eric. I'm not <laughs> suggesting anybody go out and shoot up a school. Come on, get serious. Yeah, who would do that? And exactly that. That. Thank you for making my point. That's my intent. The intent of the Second Amendment was to provide for a well-regulated militia, not to allow just everyone to go out and have guns untrained. And my final point, because I know we're coming up against time, gentlemen, is the latest poll is roughly two-thirds or more are, of people surveyed are in favor of raising the minimum age to buy assault-style weapons to 21, 72%. And of that number, uh, well over half were Republicans. Uh, a third, less than a third, were independents, and less than that were Democrats. So that was a poll done on January 8, 2022. If Stan can bring me a poll which says most people are saying it's not a good idea, it's, it's, it's a well, great idea but for laws, people under 21 to have assault weapons, I'd like to see what that poll is. But, Eric, laws and or staying in compliance with the Constitution aren't popularity contests. I think most people would probably favor being able to roll through a stop sign at five miles an hour, but guess what? That's not... Again, again, Mark, we're talking about intent here, aren't we? Intent. All right, okay. Well, thank you so much. That was very intense discussion from you, so we appreciate that, Eric. We got uh, Stan standing by. Uh, write it down if you need to. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. We're working on a dilemma with the 800 number. Apparently, we didn't pay the bill. This is WKOK Sunday. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. It's very rare, we tell you, not to listen to the deep voice man, but don't call 1-800-795-9565. It's busted. But Kevin is in the back with spaghetti wires all over the place trying to fix it. So he's working on that. He has his uh, pen light uh, perched under his ball cap, and he's trying to get that fixed. So we're working on the 800 number. In the meantime, it's uh, 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. It's 570-743-9565 is the telephone number. Stan's been patiently waiting. Well, he might be impatient, but he had to wait anyway. <laughs> Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Hey, uh, Eric called in first thing out of his mouth was a high occupancy lane for the pregnant woman in Texas. She was trying to prove a point in her own mind, is all that was about. It's a kicker. Funny story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's all That's all that was about. She was trying to prove a point. So, well, you know, whatever, let her out. Maybe she'll get out a ticket. Maybe she won't. But whatever. Otherwise, she'll pay the fine. You know, there's been people arrested for having a mannequin in the, in the passenger seat to get drive through the high occupancy lane. True enough. In the past. Yes, they are. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. So, you know, but, you know, Eric starts quoting the Second Amendment. He should really quote it correctly. Here it is. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. He forgot that key word of keep. So, you know, and as far as the regulated militia, you're right, Joe. You know, 18 and 45 was uh, able-bodied men were members of the militia, and they had to provide their own weapons. And the weapons of the day is what they were to provide with the ammo. The weapon of the t- today that the military would use would be a a copy of that, the M16 or the M4 would be the AR-15. Now, the civilian version is a semi-auto, not a full auto or select fire as the, you know, the the military weapon is. But the caliber is 5.56 or 2.23 Remington. Either one will work. So, if we want to have a uh, a well-regulated militia, as Eric claims to want, then every able-bodied male 18 to 45 should own an AR-15 with the required magazines and ammunition to feed those weapons. Amen. Against foreign (laughs) invasion. That coincides nicely with my mandatory carry law. (laughs) Well, absolutely. I I agree with that. You know, in Georgia, I don't remember, I think it's Kenneshaw County, but I'm not 100% sure, required that all, all adults have, have a firearm in their home. And crime rate in those in that county went way down. Now this happened back, I think it was in the 80s, is when that when that law took effect, and their crime rate really dropped because the low-life scumbag criminals that would come in and do home invasions were didn't know who was armed and who wasn't, so they avoided the place. Yeah, you know, well, uh, and a well-armed society is a polite society. Now, criminals will never be polite. And they don't care about laws, neither. So Eric can get his assault weapons banned if he thinks he wants it. But there will never be criminals that don't have the weapons that they want. They will get them on the black market, however they can get them. And they will continue to rape, kill, you know, and and rob people. And it's been proven every weekend in New York City and Chicago, okay? Well, and I watch a lot of crime shows on TV, and the bars where the police hang out never get robbed. 
Right. So I mean, well, very thing. rarely. That's usually a mistake when it does happen. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. It's a humorous situation. So the uh, uh, mandatory carry law and mandatory AR-15 ownership would go nicely to quell violence in the U.S. I think we're on to something here. Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if people, you know, if armed thugs didn't know what a person had or may or may not have, because it's not a requirement that somebody carries one, you know, they may make it mandatory. And if somebody gets hurt, well, you know, I don't know whether they'd arrest that person for not carrying a prerequisite arms. But irregardless, the crime rate would go down because people would, you know, thieves and criminals are cowards. But that's not why you you're know, called. <laughs> You know, they don't want to be shot, so they are cowards. Oh, they will avoid people if they think yeah, they're armed. Is. is that why you called? No, that's actually not why I called. <laughs> I called about Biden's fine trip in, in Israel where, you know, he's talking about how, you know, the Israelis, he talked about the, with the Israelis and how they don't want them to, Iran to be a nuclear power, yet our fine president is still pushing the Iran, Iran nuclear deal, which will give them nuclear power. Okay. You know, and it's being negotiated by the Russians because, of course, they don't want to talk to us, but they will talk to the Ruskies. You know, and, gotcha. and, and then we malign Putin constantly, which he deserves to be maligned for going into Ukraine. You know, I don't quite get what this guy down there is doing. Maybe he doesn't understand what he's doing either. Or well, at least he didn't you know, he's bow. He's talking out both sides of his mouth. He, at least he didn't bow to the crown prince. So that's a, 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 well, yeah, a, I don't think he met him yet, did he? No, he didn't meet him yet. Oh, okay. Give him a chance. There's, still, probably time. Be There's yeah. still time. Okay. Didn't, what did you say? He, he said he wanted to honor the He wanted Holocaust? to honor the, no, the honor of the Holocaust okay. instead of the horror. Oh, the yeah, honor well, of the, you know, that, that's, that's typical Joe, uh, you know, uh, Bidenism. You know, <laughs> I he, think that's he a can't human. read the teleprompter. <laughs> I think uh, well, maybe up. he wasn't reading the teleprompter. I think he was reading off a, a notepad, wasn't he? I don't know. I, I, I don't seen know. the clips of that, but yeah, irregardless. But yeah. you know, another thing, you know, Eric stated about, you know, they should ban assault-style weapons, or nobody under twenty-one should be able to purchase. Which is it, Eric? Assault-style or assault weapon? Because they're not interchangeable. Assault weapons are highly regulated by as class three weapons through the F the ATF. You have to go basically ask permission, wait six to eight months for it, pay $200 tax stamp fee on it, and the large price that they charge for those weapons. All right. So which is it? I want to know. Well, then how did that 18-year-old kid get one out in interview uh, of Uvalde? He didn't have an assault weapon. What did he have? He had an AR-15, an assault-style weapon. Oh, okay? <laughs> There's a difference. There's a big difference. <laughs> All right, we got you, Stan. Thank you so much for calling in. So All if right. I have an have assault, yep, if I have a, a, an assault style or a style milkshake as opposed to a regular milkshake, what have I got? Susan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I sometimes listen to your program and hear your guests talking about the faith-based aspects of abortion. I've also heard the my body, my choice aspect, but I rarely hear the compassionate aspect of choice. I'm also not that naive to know that a, the choice of abortion has been misused in, down through the ages. But how can a healthcare professional or a parent look at a woman and tell her an abortion is out of the question for her, regardless of her circumstances. Likewise, the child rape victim, who has already endured the trauma of being raped, is now told she's pregnant. Can you imagine the next level of trauma she must work through? 
For the choice of abortion to be taken away from her, as well as any girl or woman in her situation, is inhumane. You know, we all have an opinion on this topic. However, until we are in this situation, we don't really know how we'll respond because it's that personal. Don't well, assume for someone else that it what's best for them. That's why a woman needs choice. If the government doesn't make abortion illegal, at least the woman will have a choice. She may not choose abortion. She may may not. She may or may not choose abortion. But don't deny her to even think about it. That's but, wrong on so many le- levels, and no amount of men calling in on this subject can change that. But since you know, the since the Roe versus Wade decision, most of the people who've called in on the pro side have argued: Should a girl be forced to endure uh, the birth of a child if she's been raped or if there's been incest involved? Or what about the health of the mother? But I think the majority of people in this country would agree to carve outs for those things, but not for the use of uh, birth control, not for its use as birth control. Wouldn't you agree? It shouldn't be used as birth control. No. Should it be illegal as birth control? To be illegal as birth control? Yeah. In other words, say there's no <laughs> you know, there's no extenuating circumstances. The mother's health is okay. Uh, the child's going to be healthy and normal, as far as they know. Should they be allowed to abort it just because it's inconvenient? Like you said, Susan, men shouldn't be given the option to decide what women should that's, be should be able well, I'm to not. Right. I'm not deciding. I'm asking each, each her what decision she'd and make. Each pregnancy is different. And if, if that woman's circumstances, and it's totally personal and totally private, if she feels she needs an abortion, you know, it shouldn't be regulated to not have choice. Okay. To regulate it and say no, no abortion ever for anyone. And we know that's, you know, been done all the way down through the centuries because you got back alley abortion clinics. Right. You know, women are going to find them. Should there be some abortions that are not permitted, Susan? What? How would you regulate that? Well, I'm asking you. I mean, I mean I'm just saying, I, I that, would you draw a line somewhere? And if so, where? I mean, for abortions, I think what he's talking about, abortions that are to help determine the sex of the child. If you find out that it's a boy, you don't want it. Well, if I'm it's just asking if there are any girl, restrictions do, that should well, be applied. That's between a doctor and the woman. I mean, to not, you you go to the, to the hospital and the doctors for other health issues, and it, it's a private issue between the man and or the the doctor and the woman or the patient okay. you know there's a lot of procedures out there that are done that aren't quite ethical well okay. that, i can't argue that point with you but it just seems to me that they're I'm trying to determine what where you're coming down on. You're coming down on the side that no woman should ever be denied an abortion if she wants one, or are you coming down on the side of saying there are some circumstances where abortion should certainly be permitted without question, but other circumstances where it may be prohibited. For example, uh, late-term abortion, something like that. I'm just asking where you would draw the line if you would draw a line. A late-term abortion would be. One in which the the baby is is non viable. Oh, it, they, un, under those circumstances, a, a, doctor, a doctor wouldn't do a late term abortion on a woman who is has a healthy baby. I think the argument some people are giving is that they would, that the, some of the policies that are being espoused by people on the far left include abortion up to almost the moment of birth. I I really don't feel a doctor would do that. I don't know. I'll admit that. I have no idea. 
Yeah, who knows? What doctor is gonna gonna tell a woman, yeah, I'll I'll abort your baby, your healthy baby, at eight months? Well, there's. We'll find out because I'm sure Lance will call in and tell us. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Thank you. Thank you for taking my yes, call. Susan, call us thanks. again, Susan. Thanks for calling, really. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for listening. Thanks Bye. for calling. Oh, really great. appreciate it. Yeah, we need a lot more women's perspectives on this show. We certainly lack in that yeah, area. Yeah, I, I just wondered where she would draw the line. And I th it's a difficult question to answer, really. 1-800-795-9565 is up and running again. 1-800-795-9565. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I want to tell you about one of the Sunbury Motor Company vehicles, the Hyundai Ionic. It's not the Ionic 5. That's the electric version. This is the gasoline version, but it might as well be electric. It gets well, over 50 miles to the gallon. The entry price is about $25,000, and you probably would never pay for more than $35,000 for an Ionic. So it's an affordable vehicle. Great gas mileage. I mean, you're going to be visiting the gas pumps every couple months or so. Comes with, uh, of course, uh, FCW, the uh, lane departure warning, lane keeping assistance, automatic emergency braking and the rear cross track warning and tell you if there's somebody coming the other way. It is a hybrid, so there's both plug-in and electric versions uh, that are available, and it is just a fabulous vehicle, and it rides like a dream. I think that's the big thing that uh, Hyundai wanted to come out with was a hybrid and a vehicle that would get 50-some miles to the gallon, but would just have a super stiff ride. It would be great for the young people to put those uh, funny tires on and to slide around corners and so on. And this is the one, Hyundai Ironic. Consumer Reports loved it. They gave it a good review, too. So this is the gasoline version, 50 miles to the gallon. I think it has 139 horsepower, which is the equivalent of Joe's tractor. So it is not the most powerful vehicle in history. But I'll tell you what, if uh, saving the planet is your main transportation interest, uh, it is a fantastic vehicle. The Hyundai Ionic, available at Sunbury Motors, sunburymotors.com. All right, I'm going to do very brief news headlines. Here, then I got to hit the button. Uh, in Northumberland County, three people, including a 17 year old, have been charged with homicide. Dorothy Hoffman, Thomas Hoffman, and 17 year old Caden Kober uh, were charged with murder yesterday and the death of Richard Jamison II. All three suspects in jail. They killed the individual, beat him to death two years ago, and buried the body near their home. In Point Township, Northumberland County, one business has 300 workers. And and they hope to have 300 more soon. Will Griner, the plant manager at Strong Industries, says they're not just growing the company, they're trying to grow the workers and staff, too. We have great programs here for teaching English to uh, some of our potential uh, Spanish-speaking leaders. We as well teach our managers Spanish so that they can keep that communication going. We're working to develop an in-house uh, recovery program. We're working with CSIU to get a GED program going as well as a citizenship support. Strong employees are also involved in numerous outdoor endeavors and 300 workers now. I think I said they're going to try to get 300 more. They have a shop in Danville they're about to open. They have a 
Bloomsburg Warehouse and three outlet stores. COVID-19 slight increases. State reported about 2,800 cases per day in Pennsylvania. That's up slightly. About 300 cases in our area. About half of them in Northumberland County. Two deaths occurred in our area. Good news, Joe. There will be three days this November when you'll be able to hunt on Sunday, November 13th, 20th, and 27th, depending upon what season you're involved in. Porcupine is legal on those three <laughs> Sundays. You'll be happy to... Oh, that's real fine dining, if you don't mind picking the quills out of your mouth. Well, it, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. No, I can imagine. And uh, finally, the average household is now spending $500 more per month than last year because of the 9% inflation. You can blame the high price of gasoline for most of that, making the transporting of food, clothes, and stuff more expensive, cars, rent, health care, travel also broke the bank. The only thing listed on the consumer price index that didn't go up in price, strawberries, same price as last year. Isn't that funny? All right, 1-800-795-9565. Standby callers, we will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our fabulous producer. She went down and, uh, well, okay, she poked Kevin pretty hard in the side, and he did eventually fix the 800 number, so it's running. 1 800 795 9565. One of our good listeners says if you're going to hunt porcupines on Sunday, you might as well know this. Porcupines double, or quills double as toothpicks. <laughs> right. Is there any other use for a porcupine quill? I mean, you can't use not it as I'm a quill. Of. No, not that I'm aware of. When they get warm, they curl well, up. Well, it's useful to the porcupine to defend itself. Quite. <laughs> Excellent point. Yeah, from Sunday Sunday hunters. <laughs> all right. Uh, I am talking to Joe from Sunbury. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. We got all lines lit, so we'll hold everybody at about four minutes uh, duration. All right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll get going. Uh, yeah, so uh, a little uh, with Eric. There's just so much. Oh, my head. Uh, anyhow, oh. Earlier in the week, he, he gave a massive credit drop that uh, he was the head of a state government uh, job where he collected a lot of data. I'm not sure all the details, but anyhow, get the idea on uh, medications, and he talked about children and youth and things like that. So, you know, he's letting us know how he can, he can so much relate to these issues, and I appreciate that. But what at the end of that conversation, he found that two things, and, and during that conversation, he, he did talk about over-medicating, and you and uh, Joe had mentioned about over-medicating these children, which could be a problem. I don't know what uh, you concluded, but anyhow, the, but he came to two common things with uh, school shootings, and when Eric first started about these uh, mass shootings, I thought he was talking about all 
but I think he is focused on just school shooting. So uh, I tried to, you know, keep that in mind when he does say about the school shooting. So the two things that were in common were that the age of the shooter, which I think he said was 18 to uh, 21, and they had uh, semi-automatic rifle. Go ahead. Joe, we heard all the previous callers. What's your point? Uh, that This is my point. That Eric, in finding the conclusion of the two things, he left out the drug that, you know, that may be, it was just the, the, the age of the kid, which, you know, you don't have a lot of control over that, but the AR-15, and he wants to take away the AR-15, but he didn't address the drugs, so I came to the conclusion that it was obvious to me that he is on the payroll above or below the table of these farm uh, <laughs> companies, these big pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> and he's trying to make it known that it's not the drugs that he that it can be it has to be the ar-15 and that's the backing up of eric the red because that's what the, the communists would do they want to take away your guns no, and fill you with these drugs that leave you such as a zombie and i know well i came to the obvious conclusion that if he can take a vacation in Europe on a Viking cruise during these hard times, he is on the payroll of Big Farm. Well, is there is there anything else that could cause a young person to be so frustrated they would undertake a shooting? Could it relate to mental health? Could it relate to drugs? Could it relate to the Internet? Could it be disassociation? Could it be yeah, a significant... Think, but he came to the conclusion that there were these were the two most common things. Gotcha. Right? Okay. And, and I, I see that as uh, an obvious... Uh, clue to that what he is is trying to stop you know discussion about taking drugs away from these uh all right kids, you know good point well said thank right. you so much so, joe yes. thank, thank you joe. yeah thanks for calling in uh lance you are next up on wkok's on the mark go right ahead okay this wasn't the original reason i was going to call but about the abortion deal you know in new york it's all three trimesters for any reason you can have an abortion and california i believe is also so yes, that's but, it. but but the caller susan's point was she didn't believe a doctor would actually do uh, an abortion on a viable viable and I, fetus and i think she was also being polite saying a bunch of old white guys shouldn't be making these decisions well a bunch of old guys in general i don't think she said white yeah, well, you ever uh, see a guy down in Philadelphia, Gosnell? He made him uh, to where the, the kid was being born and did it. And the uh, governor of New York said that you should be able to kill the kid after it was born, too. So they're out there, pal. But now, did Kathy Hochul actually say that? And what was the exact phrasing of what she said? Because that doesn't sound right to me, Lance. You can what kill them that? after they're born. I, I don't no, buy she that. Didn't. No, no, I'm saying the governor of New York. That's Kathy Hochul. She yes. is the governor of New York. I just ask you, no, what did no, she that, say? No, wait a minute. That was before that last guy. That, not her. Cuomo. The last Cuomo? governor of New York. Mario, uh, yeah. not Mario Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. No. <laughs> His no. son. Again. <laughs> no, but it felt like it was the governor of New York. Andrew, I remember that part. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. He sure. said he said that. <laughs> well, anyway, one another uh, note here was about the uh, militiamen. I figured it out here. I load a lot of that five five six, and you were supposed to have twenty pounds of lead 
and eight pounds of powder in your possession along with your trusty musket. Well, that figures out to your trusty ADAR and about 2,400 rounds of ammo. Whoa. So I thought, I thought wow. that was kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Yeah, okay. 240 shots per pound. Now, the kids that uh, do, like, school shooting, do you think that the ambivalency at best and hatred at worst that we express for our young like, uh, for instance, our babies, like this, I wouldn't have had this kid, I'd have all this stuff, right? Kid starts to feel guilty about this. Mom keeps telling him that. He either does one of two things. Either he gets mad and takes it out on everybody else, or he kills himself. You think that's it? I mean, we're uh, putting the attitude into our kids that they are worthless and just a pain in the flobbits. Right? Well, I, I, I would guarantee you some kids would wake up with that attitude. Certainly most do not, and you didn't raise kids that way, and nor do, nor do most people, nor does anyone I know. But I, you know, I think a lot of parents raise kids a lot of different ways, and some parents probably raise some kids probably without paying right. much attention to them. I know a lot of parents, for a fact, just have kids and, like, somehow put them on autopilot or something. They don't really teach them or work with them or play with them or um, that was always yeah, my greatest joy was having fun playing. You understand though how that uh, attitude could engender the behavior in the kid one way or the other and it doesn't take too many of them, does it? Well, really or, or, if, or, or even engender an attitude. I mean, what if the parent just plain says, you know, I don't, I don't want you raise yourself, do whatever you want, you know, just don't harass me or whatever. Well, we've um, raised the uh, drinking age to 21. But but an- still, another 10 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. But still, 3,900 uh, young folks under the age of 21 managed to kill themselves with it every year. All right. We and if you, you look at it again, that's enough people every three weeks to equal the number that were killed in school shootings in the last... 23 years. Would the number of drunk uh, less than 21 year olds be higher if it were legal? Um, yeah, is I the correct uh, answer yeah. you're searching for? All right, we've got to go, Lance. Thank you so much. Thanks oh, for checking. Yep, okay, really bye. appreciate the call. All right, hold on, Chris. We'll be right back. Oh, welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Two lines are occupied, but uh, two are open. 1-800-795-9565. Joe, you want to read that? Yes. During the 2020, this is from one of our emailers, during the 2020 election, I read the Democratic platform, and it is written in there to have, quote, abortions available until birth, unquote. All right. Uh, Chris, thank you for waiting through the break. You're on the mark. They didn't say what for what reasons, though, huh? It's just a short quote. It doesn't say. Yeah. It's just one sentence. I think that's the, 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 the life of the mother stuff, I believe. But in any case, I'm willing to put it to nine months, or eight and a half anyway. And I'm also willing to, for that, but the, the Roe versus Wade was a reasonable compromise about where to draw it, but the Supreme Court's thrown that out now and released all sorts of chaos, which is sad. By the way, uh, I thought you were going to lead the show. You were so upset that certain people make statements and then they don't get corrected. I thought you'd lead today off with a correction. 
Who are you talking to? Probably well, both uh, of us. Ten-year-old <laughs> girl in Ohio who had to be go across state lines to get it get an abortion. Mark read that on the news, didn't you? Uh, I think we might have talked about it off mic. I don't I know don't if we talked about it on mic. About it. Or maybe at the beginning of the show. No, he started with uh, a reporter from CBS. He's okay. Uh, okay. All right. well, I didn't hear it on the news here either, but in any case... Yeah, uh, CBS yeah. hasn't it, really reported it on it. It's confirmed somebody's been arrested for the rape and admitted to doing it twice, supposedly. And the right. Columbia Dispatch, indica- the newspaper there says the individual's probably not uh, in the U.S. legally. Right. Okay. But that doesn't that fit the... That has a lot to do with abortion, right? Well, that doesn't fit the narrative. They don't like to report anything of her illegal well, aliens. Well, I think they're trying bad. to wait till they find out if it's factual. They're doing fact-checking first. And then they won't report it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, uh, I think was it Joe who just called in about Eric? Was that his name? Yes, Joe from Sunbury. Yep. Joe from Sunbury. I think he needs to uh, to have a course in logic. <laughs> Communists aren't the only people who might want to take your guns away. Uh, just because you argue for a position doesn't mean you're employed by anyone like Big Pharma. I mean, that's just Looney Tunes. Okay. Well, and the the young people who were the shooters in the past couple of weeks or months have a wide range of issues in their lives, some of which may be that they were over-medicated. Okay, you know, you can make that premise and have a discussion. But, you know, there's a dozen other things going on in their lives, too, that led to that moment. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's another example of his poor logic, but the, the, the making conclusions about Eric's profession or where he gets his money or something. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a leap. That's I mean, that's just Looney Tune stuff. He's, he's thinking too much. It's called a leap. Or, yes. I don't know what he's doing. Overthinking, I think they call well, it. I know. I believe George. <laughs> so- I believe George Soros is funding you. Yeah, I know you do. Well, because the George Soros is a uh, uh, Holocaust survivor, isn't he? I'm not sure of that. He would have to be a hundred. Maybe it was his parents. It must have been his parents. It could well have been his parents. Or maybe he got smuggled out of Germany early. Earlier. I believe he was Greek, wasn't he? The Greece was invaded by the Germans during oh, World War II. Maybe. Maybe I'm getting confused with another guy. But in any case, uh, and uh, I'd also point out the, that there are a lot of traffic deaths, and they regulate cars, they regulate roads, they regulate training, they regulate all sorts of things to try to cut back on them. They try to, they do uh, traffic stops to search people for, for being drunk, and do all sorts of things to try to cut down on traffic deaths. They have big fines and penalties, they, they've increased, but with guns and shootings, they haven't done much. Oh, George Soros was a Holocaust survivor. What do you know? But they don't let Pennsylvania municipal police right? use radar, though. They don't let that happen. Uh, only in small towns to make you mad, though. <laughs> no, in any town <laughs> in Pennsylvania. That's Pennsylvania. That's only Pennsylvania, that's right? That's right. On, uh, 49 other states have no that's, problem yeah, with it. That, 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 we, that only happens in Pennsylvania. That's right. Every place else is done, so... 
You're right. My argument's so good. <laughs> George. And I hope you guys are all convinced that. Uh, oh, too long. Trump yeah. was in charge of the uh, was 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 leading a coup or trying to. Are you convinced of that yet? Yes. Yep. Oh, it's obvious. Well, maybe Joe hasn't. It's obvious to us now. It's obvious to me. It's obvious to everyone now. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's but, good but point. Your show's gone silent on that issue, so I assume uh, maybe, maybe all the... Well, I don't think uh, Dan is quite convinced yet. Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow, then. We'll put it up front. Thank yeah, you so right. much, Chris. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Bye. All right. Uh, George Soros uh, says he was born in Hungary in 1930, lived through the Nazi occupation from 1944 to 1945, which resulted in the murder of 500,000 Hungarian Jews. His own Jewish family survived by securing false identity papers, concealing their backgrounds, and helping others to do the same. Soros later recalled called that instead of submitting to our fate, we resisted an evil force that was much stronger than we were, but we prevailed. All right. Uh, let's see. Eric, get 60 seconds. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, thank you for the support for my last caller. And as far as Joe's concerned, because I take a contrary view on this show, I think I provided more information on my background, uh, my qualifications, than practically anyone I've heard. Uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, my, my income is a matter of public record. Since I was an executive with the Commonwealth, I had to report where my money was coming from uh, during my last part of my career. Also, Joe, explain to me, uh, so I was <laughs> helping saying, to look, reduce you be, the amount of medications, but somehow I'm working for the same pharmacies or pharmacological companies that are selling whoa, the medications whoa, whoa. to the state? Whoa, 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 I'm not the Joe that questioned you. <laughs> the other Make Joe. it perfectly clear that <laughs> I'm not that Joe. So pose your question uh, to and, him. And, again, I'm just, I'm just stating some, some my other perspective point of view. When someone calls in and, and basically uh, accuses a caller of bribery, because they don't agree with their position on guns, then I think uh, that person, myself, can then refute that statement. No, he didn't accuse you of bribery. Yeah, I don't think it's a crime to no, take money did. from he a pharmaceutical. He accused you table. of... What do you call that? Well, <laughs> that's called salary. He said you were working <laughs> or, or for Or stipend, them. or gift. He said above or below the well, table. He was making a point that you perhaps you were being paid legally by them, or perhaps you were just being slipped a couple bucks to shill for them, as Mark often accuses me of taking from PennDOT because I, quote, shill for I PennDOT. I do not think you're compensated <laughs> in any way. I think you do it because you get a good feeling shilling for them. Okay. Well, maybe Eric gets a good feeling shilling for the pharmacy industry. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> Moving on. Go ahead, Eric. Because people listen to you, and they, people listen to you, all kidding aside, they listen to you and believe this stuff. And what I do have is a great passion for kids, and I don't want to see our kids killing our kids. Well, there well, you go. I think we Neither have Mark nor I have ever doubted or questioned your sincerity <laughs> or your, your, your ethics. So let's make that perfectly but clear. But other callers have... Mm -hmm. But other callers have, if I don't call back in and say, you know, they're absolutely wrong, well, then my silence can be damning of myself, right? We've, we've given you that opportunity, so wherein lies the problem. Thank and you. then some. Thank you. Yeah, right, thank, thank you, you so much, Eric. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you got two minutes to refute information that was said <laughs> about him, not one. Okay, upper right-hand corner, and then the text. WRR says, I draw your attention to the very short link below from Chief Justice Warren Berger. It appears the question of, quote, a well-regulated 
regulated militia, unquote, has many interpretations. I'm sure today's Supreme Court would see this differently from Berger. And basically, Berger calls the Second Amendment a fraud. Well, no, no, no. The, the, it's hijacked by the NRA, a fraud. Right, all right. By special interest groups that say it's so that we can all carry guns anytime and buy them and have them and own them at any time at all whatsoever, period. So he said it was hijacked by them. One of our good listeners sets us straight. I appreciate this. Uh, it's not just the Columbus, Columbus Dispatch. They say the rapist is a Guatemalan illegal uh, from uh, who was living in Ohio and so raped that, a 10-year-old girl. So that won't get reported, I would suspect. Well, well, if it's confirmed, it hasn't been yet. I haven't seen it in the local paper there, but you know that. Who's does, going to confirm it? I would think the. And what's and if this ICE is, would be able to do that? Really, are they allowed to even say anything to illegals anymore? You know, we oh, haven't heard about much them. about the Texas governor's buses taking the illegals back across the border. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not reporting that much well, they're, either. They're peoples, and that they're taking back. Not they're not just a category. Okay. Well, they are a category. The category is illegal aliens. Right. The people, governor of Texas is not just rounding up people and shipping them back across the border. People in a category. One of our good listeners says this. Please tell your woman caller, I know two women who had abortions at seven months, so yes, doctors do them. And another listener says the next one. Of course there are doctors that would do late-term abortions. How else do you think they've perfected the heinous procedure? All right. And Dan, last caller before a quickie break. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Well, to answer Chris's question, no, I, I'm convinced Trump had nothing to do with starting a coup to do the overthrow. Like, they're trying to paint him. They're painting him a picture which they're trying to get the people on the borderline to believe that Trump created the coup. He was the opposite. He tried to stop it. And <laughs> Wait, Dan, 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 you Come can on, argue Dan. that some of the information's <laughs> false, you, but there's you, been no evidence. You guys believe that Trump started a coup, you're laughing at yourself for being ignorant of the facts. Trump wanted okay. Trump on the third of January tried to talk them into getting the National Guard 20,000 troops in there to prevent any overthrow. So you guys Okay, but there's you're being brainwashed by the Yeah, but there's no evidence. There's there's no evidence he actually said that. He said it on Fox that he He did do that, but there's the person hold on. The person to whom he said he was speaking has said they do not recall that and there's no email or other chain of that. Over and above that, he he was talking about using the military to seize ballot boxes all across the country. So maybe that's what he was planning to do with them. Talking to attorneys general to get them to overturn their elections as well. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. The chiefs of staff were in there. There were three or four other people in that room, and they testified they heard it. You don't get that on the mainstream media (laughs) where you you hear that's on Fox News because they're not caught up in this. January 6th. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. What about all those people, including Sean Hannity and others, who were texting the president saying, you've got to do something to stop this now? And it still took him hours and hours to do anything. Well, I can't, I don't know. Yeah, well I, said. I know he did his part, and they, they wouldn't do their part. So why blame it on Trump? Because he could have done something to stop it, and he didn't. But 
He did. He did all he could do. No, he, he didn't. Once it was started, he was in the the testimony is clear, even from his own supporters. He was in his cafeteria beside the Oval Office watching it and supporting it. He was not taking action to stop it. And that's that's what they tell you. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, that's what they so say. everybody else do? is he lying. <laughs> authorized the the guard to be in there, and none of them were would do it. That could do it because guess why? They wanted this to happen so they could say Trump tried to overthrow the election. Exactly what they're doing right now. If you're convinced, if you're convinced that Trump has tried to create a coup, you've been in the newsroom 30, 40 years too long. You'd be in there. You're completely brainwashed. Where you don't ever Do you suppose that you might coup. be the one who's completely brainwashed, Dan? I mean, you're the one who's kind of refusing to acknowledge even any culpability on the part of President Trump when he obviously had some. I, the only thing I acknowledge is Trump put way too much pressure on the vice president. I, I don't agree with Trump on that at all. That's one thing I disagree with, but nevertheless, the Trump administration with Pence did their, what they had to do, even though Pence knew it was a fraud election. He couldn't do it. His hands were tied. But what you don't want to see is the coup that was going on for four or five years to get rid of Trump. You, you, what, you might laugh at me for that, but you, you can't. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's laughing. I agree with you. They were trying. No argument. They were trying to get rid of him, but he didn't. He returned the favor by showing them there was a good reason to try and get rid of him. You see, you, you there again. You come out blaming on Trump. All right, we got to hit the road, Dan. Trump was being cooed. All right, we got to go. Seven. And we gotta go, Dan. We gotta go, Dan. Okay. Yep. We got two right. other callers. Take care, Dan. Talk to you later. Take yeah, care, thank man. you so much for calling Have a in. Good one. Hey, you too, you too buddy. All right, uh, we're not gonna give you the phone number. No more callers at this stage. We've got two standing by, and that'll be that. They'll each get a moment or two. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WDK. Okay, Sunbury. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It's... 
Okay. Uh, anyway, you were going to read something? Yes. Um, one of our emailers says, "War, uh, Mark, there you go again. The Bible train has once again taken over oh, your show on old. Wednesday. You don't have to read that. Oh, okay. we got callers. Sorry. Never mind. We've got That's callers. All right. Wrong Joe. one. You read the wrong one. Are we talking, taking Mark? Mark. Yeah. Joe's first. Joe's first. Okay. you got yeah. a minute. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Eric the other Eric makes a statement uh, of relating to uh, the gun uh, rifle issue that uh, you're under 21 you can't have a or buy a handgun or drink or buy alcohol I think he says so uh, here I'm looking at the, the site of the ATF and there's a, a 18 USC 922 B1 about 18 year olds buying handguns and uh, if he would uh, like to read that, it, to me, I know laws can be interpreted different ways. That's why you have defense lawyers. So uh, if he would read that, I get the idea that you can be 18 years old and 18 to 21 and buy a handgun legally. All okay. right. We Thank got you. you. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate that. All right, Mark, last caller of the day. You're on the mark. All Go right. Ahead. Uh, first off, uh, what's going on in the board is treasonous. Uh, there was reports yesterday that uh, at least three million have already uh, crossed our borders this year, so that's that's terrible. Uh, and also, Duma's uh, a meeting tomorrow. That's the Russian uh, uh, legal uh, body that's equivalent, I guess, to our Senate. And you're going to see something there. We're very close to World War Three, and uh, keep talking about uh, what happened on January the sixth and some and the abortion issue is uh, becoming moot. You have an abortion pill now. They'll flush the system out, and if you want to get an abortion, you can do it on your own now. So uh, I'm, I'm very dis- depressed about where the, some of these people have their thoughts right now, because it's very bad, and we could be in deep trouble. And also in New York City, they have a pamphlet out now, and, and it's, it's on the radio, too, uh, how to survive a nuclear attack. So that'll open up some people's eyes. I'm very upset about the, the topics that are being discussed, but it's a free country, but very, very close to World War III, gentlemen. That's that's a frightening prospect, but, you know, I hope you're wrong, Mark. I hope you're wrong. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling in, Joe, right in the middle of the screen. It says, it's laughable that, this is one of our emailers, it's laughable that many callers refer to Fox as the conservative voice that misleads others. Thousands of conservatives have tuned out of Fox to other conservative sites. Many see that most of the talking heads at Fox have watered down their facts and opinions and are left of center now. Granted, Tucker and a few others tend to stir the pot, but not as painted by the liberals. That is information to me. Who knew? Who knew? All right, appreciate that. Uh, We do have another email from WRR that Joe started to read, so we'll read that uh, tomorrow. And you're on vacation next week, so I'll see you the week after. All right, so I'll see you on the 25th. Right. Have fun. And let's see, Congressman Muser's calling in Monday, so now we know what's happening. This is WDK, OK Sunbury.